and welcome to the Christmas in July episode of the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we will be looking at the 2002 film, The Santa Claus 2. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of the film, or giving a bunch of behind-the-scenes facts, but rather giving our impressions of the overall film and giving a score to the film. Go find those six-month-old candy canes out of the cabinet and enjoy this episode. <laughs> And Everybody a- has a six-month-old candy cane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ashley, I just want to... I suppose we should reveal to the audience that we're doing this episode for two reasons. One, to celebrate Christmas in July, like I said. And two, because the Santa Claus TV show will be coming to Disney Plus this year. And we didn't want all of December to be Tim Allen month for our podcast. <laughs> Agreed. I yeah. had a couple of people be like, why would you watch that now? And like, I don't think you understand. I don't want to watch. I will be so sick of the santa claus by then then yeah. i'll just be angry like yeah and then i know three is not very good so i'm already gonna be probably not going into the tv show with like good I, vibes I, I know three isn't good but i love martin short and so i have a special the saving grace yeah i have a special place in my heart even when he plays terrible characters like his version of jack frost and that and everything i still love him so I like to picture myself as a poor man's Martin Short, you know? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I'm the Walmart version of Martin Short, as it were. But this, getting back into it, The Santa Claus 2 is a 2002 American Christmas comedy film directed by Michael Lembeck in his directorial debut. It is the sequel to The Santa Claus in 1994 and the second installment in the Santa Claus franchise. Released on November 1st, 2002, the film received mixed reviews from critics and grossed $172 million worldwide, or $283 million today, on a budget of $65 million, or $107 million today. During its opening weekend, The Santa Claus 2 generated $29 million, more than its predecessor, and was ranked in first place at the box office. It would later go on to compete against Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, and die another day. These, wow. <laughs> yeah, um, a James Bond movie. Um, these three sequels would win the Thanksgiving weekend. Jesus, not like really. That's like rough going. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about the fact that Harry Potter movies would have just just been coming out around that time. Oh yeah. Also, die another day, another big one. Yeah, I think that was the last uh, Pierce Brosnan Bond movie too. If I, although it wasn't known at the time that that would be his last one. I think that was his last one, but. No, the world is... Eh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the film would run strong at the box office while dominating Disney's other film, Treasure Planet. The Santa Claus 2 was the fifth highest grossing holiday movie. It was followed by another sequel, The Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause, released in 2006. Which, in doing some re- research for this movie, The Santa Claus 2 actually had that colon, The Escape Clause originally. And even the first trailer that they showed said The Santa Claus 2, The Escape Clause on it. Mm, interesting. The Santa Claus 2 was released on DVD and VHS on November 18th, 2003. The DVD release is a THX certified and consists of a widescreen and pan and scan full screen versions. Along with the other two Santa Claus films, it was re-released in a three-movie collection DVD set in 2007 and a three-movie collection Blu-ray set on October 16th, 2012. So the film's story and characters, uh, they actually, these writers wrote the first movie but didn't write this one, are Leo Benvenetti and Steve Rudnick. The screenplay is by Don Reimer, 
Chico Paul, Ken DeRuro, Ed Decker, and John S. Stoss. The film was produced by Robert Neumeyer, Brian uh, Riley, and Jeffrey Silver. The film is edited by David Finfer. The cinematography is by Adam Greenberg. The music is by George S. Clinton. The production companies are Walt Disney Pictures, Outlaw Productions, and Boxing Cat Films. It was distributed by Buena Vista uh, Pictures Distribution. It has a runtime of, of, of 104 minutes. The film stars Tim Allen as Santa Claus slash Scott Calvin slash, minor spoiler here, Toy Santa. It also stars Eric Lloyd as Charlie Calvin, Elizabeth Mitchell as Carol Newman, Judge Reinhold as Neil Miller, Wendy Crewson as Laura Miller, Liana Murmy as Lucy Miller, David Krumholtz as Bernard, Spencer Breslin as Curtis, Daniel Woodman as Abby, Aisha Tyler as Mother Nature, Peter Boyle as Father Time, and Boyle also played uh, Scott Calvin's boss, Mr. Whittle, in the first movie, Jay Thomas as the Easter Bunny, Kevin Pollack as Cupid, Art Lafleur as the Tooth Fairy, Michael Dorn as the Sandman, Molly Shannon as Tracy, Victor Brandt as a Reindeer, Bob Bergen as the Voice of Comet, and Kath Suchi as the Voice of Chet. Man, I didn't even register that that was Michael Dorn as the Sandman. Yeah. Didn't register at all. Yeah, it's a couple different comedians that popped up, like, the... Um, you know, they weren't really that well known at the time, but yeah, I just found it interesting that they brought back like most of the original, even, um, Laura Miller, like, uh, Scott's ex-wife. I thought it was a different actress because her hair was so different in this movie. And when I, I was like, oh no, it's the same person. But yeah, it, it was an interesting cast set. It has an opening title sequ sequence, which features an overhead shot of the North Pole and Santa's village slash workshop along with accompanying music. And this really did put me into the Christmas movie mood, and especially compared to the last movie, like yeah. opening at Scott's uh, party at his company or whatever. So, Yeah, this is much more Christmas-friendly. Mm -hmm. And so eight years have gone by since Scott Calvin first took up the Santa Claus job and became subject to the Santa Claus. Now he is at the top of his game at the North Pole and cannot be happier. At least until Bernard, the head elf, and Curtis, the keeper of the Handbook of Christmas, break the news that there is another clause. The Mrs. Clause. <laughs> you know what bothers me about this is, he's been on his job for eight years, and like, literally, things have been fine, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, now it's a problem. Yeah, well, like, now that we found this in, in there, right? you, you have to... Like, like, specifically, this needs to be done in eight years, so like, okay... Yeah. They, they could have shown it a little differently that, like, um, the de-santification uh, process was happening to him and he couldn't figure out why. And then they were like, oh, look, we found this part in here, the Mrs. Claus, that you have yeah. to get married or something. But they did it the opposite way for some reason. But then we wouldn't get that best, the de-santification process has begun! Yeah. <laughs> best I'll, I'll, line. <laughs> also, the summary kind of goes out of order from what happened uh, chronologically in the film, but it's pretty close to it, so I just decided to keep it. That's fine. Uh, Santa slash Scott is now pressed to get married before the, the next Christmas Eve, or the claws will be broken and Christmas will die away. At the same time, Abby, another elf, delivers news that is more distressing. His son Charlie is on the naughty list. 
And I wrote down here that I actually wrote, or I actually laughed at the Charlie Sheen joke. I did too. Yeah, like, it, it, it's still contemporary too. It is. Like, you know, oh, Charlie Sheen. They'll always I, be relevant. Yeah, I thought he had his act together. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. It then cuts to Charlie, one night defacing the walls of the school gymnasium from the skylight until he is caught by Principal Carol Newman. Scott must return to his home to search for a wife and set things right with Charlie. He even brings this up when visited by the Council of Legendary Figures, including Mother Nature, Father Time, Cupid, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, and the Sandman. And I wrote down here, I wonder if all these other legendary figures had the same thing happen to him that, uh, that or happened to them that happened to Scott. Because Mother Nature specifically has the line where she mentions that she's pre-El Nino. Like yeah. she's from before El, the Hurricane El Nino happened. So I was just wondering if like there's... If they're, that same things happen to that, probably not Father Time. Probably Father Time's been around for the whole time, but it was just, uh, it made me want. And, and like, even they allude to the Tooth Fairy being new on the job. So I guess it does happen to them, too. Like they, I mean, it's got to, right? Yeah, like They killed all these other legendary figures. The Santa Claus universe is a very interesting universe. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give uh, me the Mother Nature movie and the Tooth Fairy movie. Agreed. That we deserve. Well, we did get the Tooth Fairy movie with The Rock, I believe. I'll be curious to see <laughs> so. if we get more of, like, that kind of stuff in the TV series. Like, if we get that kind of weird expansion of, like... Because we get it here a little bit, and yeah. a little bit in the third movie. Like, you know, we get Jack Frost. We get, like, all these other mythical things going on. Like, I'd be curious to see how, like... I don't know how many episodes the TV show is supposed to be. If It's a Disney Plus series, so I'm gonna guess six. Yeah. If there's more, I would imagine that they would expand upon the mythology behind, or maybe not the mythology, but the world building of the Santa Claus universe. I would hope they would, no matter what, because six hours of just Christmas sounds... It's probably going to be half hour yeah. episodes, though. Maybe. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I, well, you know, we'll see what they offer us. Yeah, and we'll cover that when it comes out, too. Um, most likely, unless we hate it. <laughs> but, um, I think we'll cover it anyway, yeah. and then be like, we hated this. Yeah. But to cover for Santa's prolonged absence, Curtis helps him create a life-size toy replica of him, much to Bernard's horror. However, this larger-than-life legalist cannot find any grace or slack in his plastic heart for minor infractions by children all over the world, having followed the handbook too strictly. This is what I mean by it being somewhat out of order. And I wrote down here that Spencer Breslin, the actor who played Curtis, isn't as annoying of a child actor as I remembered him being. He was everywhere in the early 2000s, especially everything with Disney. Oh, and yeah, he was in everything, and I agree. I remember him being so much more annoying, and I'm like, oh, he's actually yeah, not, good. Yeah, he's so not bad. I'm like, yeah. was he just annoying in other things, and I just... Possibly. Yeah. And I also wrote down that the toy Santa is Tim Allen's chance to do the type of humor that he thinks kids find funny. He's loud and abrasive, and, you know, that's what Tim he's Allen also thinks. also just creepy. Yeah. Agreed. Like, the creepiest part of this movie is that Santa. Yeah, because it's so close to looking real, but you can still tell something's off. Like, and the makeup job that they did on him was fantastic, I think. But the toy Santa takes control of the North Pole with a duplicated army of life-size toy soldiers. He thinks that everyone is naughty and plans to give the entire world lumps of coal. Because of the impending ed end of his contract, Scott undergoes a desantification process which gradually turns him back into Scott Calvin. He has a limited amount of magic to help him, and that's shown on his watch that Bernard gives him. He attempts to reconcile with Charlie, who keeps vandalizing his school to get attention. They both hit the cold, hard wall of Carol when Charlie defaces the lockers. Which I think there's more to this scene 
than they show in the movie, but I'll bring that up later. And Charlie confesses how hard it is for him that Scott is never around like all the other fathers, and reveals the stress that he is under to conceal the secret that his father is Santa. Scott vows to try harder as a dad, and they reconcile. So I have a couple notes here. My first one being, Scott has grown a lot since the last movie. In that one, he didn't tell his friends and family that he was becoming Santa, but in this one, he does tell them that the reverse is happening. And I thought that was some sort of character development, because I expected him not to tell them. Yeah. I also cracked up at Scott's line, where he's going on a date to meet uh, a possible Mrs. Claus, and he says, I've got a needlepoint sweater and a minivan. Wish me luck. You'll see me in about eight minutes. I actually cracked up at that one. And then Lucy, Charlie's half-sister, feeds Comet a Choco Taco. And I just wrote R.I.P. to the Choco Tacos. Poor Choco Tacos. <laughs> yeah, because the, uh, Klondike canceled I just them. want to say that the dates are funny to me. Like, mm. the the fact that they set him up with a lady who loves Christmas. Yeah. And like wearing a center, like yeah. wearing a Santa suit, and I'm like, you know, theoretically this should work in his favor, but like also this woman is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he he even tries to make like even after she does her whole crazy Shania Twain song, he tries to be like, oh no, that was great, like, and she's just, just like, wasn't I was expecting it, yeah, like, yeah. and she's like, whatever, and start, you know, good for her for living her life how she wants. She didn't care about good it. for her for being yeah. too much. Yeah, agree. Be your authentic self, babe, but yeah. also. Dial it down. Yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) After a few failed dates, Scott finds himself falling for Carol. He accompanies her in a sleigh ride uh, to the school's faculty Christmas party, which turns out to be dull and boring. Using a little of his Christmas magic, he livens it up by presenting everyone with their childhood dream gifts, much like he did for Laura and Neil in the first film. He makes a special presentation to Carol, and with his last remnant of magic, wins her over, and they kiss passionately. However, she balks when he eventually explains to her that he is Santa, believing that he is mocking her childhood, and as a result, they break up. And I wrote down here Carol's line of saying to Scott that uh, it's not so bad, it's not like you've ever been to prison, and Scott retorts, well, and this is because Tim Allen actually has been to prison. (laughs) Also, he needs to be really better at, like, explaining to people that, like, I'm Santa, because none of these people believe him. But also... Didn't, like, everybody know he was essentially Santa at the last of yeah, last that, movie? Like, at the end of, like, the movie, like, the whole town basically, like, understood that he was Santa? He flies off in front of the whole town, but I guess Christmas magic. Like, <laughs> I, I, like okay, the elves must have, like, men in black them, made <laughs> them forget because, like, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, because even the opening of this movie actually, like, has, like, a what a military operation? I'm not really sure. It was just these three guys in a plane flying over the North Pole. And, like, the uh, elves have to be quiet so that they don't get discovered. Like, what is it about this universe that you can't be like, oh, Santa's real, like, like, and ever, let everyone know? I guess he would be constantly hounded for some reason. I guess, but also, like, again, this specific town, like... Yeah. Like, isn't there, shouldn't there be enough, like, whispers of, like, remember that time eight years ago when yeah. Santa was here? Like, how do we write this off? And, like... Also, Charlie, who doesn't have a dad all the time, especially with the principal, shouldn't she, like, be in the know a little bit? Like, yeah, by the way, his dad's Santa. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's very odd to me. But Charlie is furious that Scott was dating her, uh, meaning his te- or his principal, like you said. But he tells Charlie that, that it doesn't matter anymore, as he is now out of magic and can't go back. At first, Charlie's younger half-sister, Lucy, tries to help Charlie, and while he doesn't want to have it, he soon realizes that she is right. 
Scott and Lucy are playing together one night, and Curtis comes and tells Scott uh, what has happened, but with his magic gone, there is nothing he can do. Suddenly, Scott realizes that the Tooth Fairy can help. Scott tries to get one of his own teeth pulled out. However, Lucy has just lost a tooth. When the Tooth Fairy does come, Scott has to remind him he's Santa, remembering the nickname the Molinator. Because oh, love at, it. Yeah, at, at the meeting. meeting. Yeah, at the meeting, the Tooth Fairy wanted to give himself a different name, and Scott recommended, recommended the Molinator. He and Curtis get to the North Pole in no time. Charlie tries to convince Carol to get back with his dad. She still does not believe that Scott is Santa until Charlie manages to convince her by showing her his magic snow globe. Dang, snow globe doing all the work. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just glad they remembered to bring the snow globe back into Like, it, I, I like when movies, like, do that. Like, they don't forget about what happened in the past movie. But Toy Santa wastes no time in subduing Scott. But Charlie and a now-believing Carol spring him free by summoning the Tooth Fairy to fly them there. He goes after Toy Santa, who has already left with the sleigh, uh, riding Chet, a reindeer in training, and they both crash into the village. With an army of elves, Carol, Bernard, Charlie, and Curtis lead a snowball war to overthrow the toy soldiers. Toy Santa is reduced to his normal six-inch height and taken care of. Uh, with only a few hours left until morning, Bernard tells Scott he has to marry soon. And I wrote a note here saying that during their battle... Toy Santa tells Scott that he is a sad, strange little man, the same line that Buzz Lightyear says to Woody in Toy Story. And Buzz Lightyear is voiced by Tim Allen, so... I didn't notice that, but you know what? Love it. You really didn't notice that? No. Uh, Yeah, he even says it the same way. He's like, you're a sad, strange little man. (laughs) He doesn't say, and you have my pity. I was watching this at work, so, like, I could have, like, just, you know, got distracted for a second. That's true. So Scott tells Carol that he... Uh, that if he doesn't get married, he can't be Santa or deliver toys. And worse, the elves will be unemployed, their home will disappear, and so will Christmas. While Carol knows that this is a big decision and will have to leave uh, her home, she does care about Scott very much and agrees to marry him, and is even given a job at the elves' school, which they totally made up on the spot. <laughs> yeah, we totally need a principal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't see the school. Maybe there is a school. What the hell do we know? You know, I did find it a little strange in the beginning when he, when Scott was playing football with the elves. Like, I was like, they're played by child actors, so they're children, but they're elves, so they're also supposed to be, like, 900 years old. Like, I was like, this is kind of weird <laughs> that he's playing football with them. Like, I was like, what is this relationship that Santa has with these elves and everything? I don't know. The thing that upset me was that Judy obviously couldn't be back because she had grown up from the last movie. And mm-hmm. clearly that one other female elf, Abby, is supposed to be Judy. But, yes. like, like, like they just, you know, made it a different character. Them, yeah. Made it a different character, changed yeah. the name. And it's like, okay, you could have just kept the name Judy. We all would have understood. Yeah. I don't know. But Scott marries... Justice for Judy, is all I'm saying. Agreed. Justice, hashtag justice for Judy. Scott marries Carol in a ceremony presided over by Mother Nature herself. He transforms back into Santa just at midnight, and Christmas proceeds as it always has, and he and Carol then go on a three-month honeymoon starting the next day. In addition, Scott and Charlie reveal the truth to Lucy about him being Santa Claus, so now she is in on that secret. So that's all I have for the plot here. I'm gonna dive into my overall score unless Works you want for me okay so i wrote down that i believe that this was my first time watching this movie which is strange because i know i've watched the santa the santa claus 3 before but i actually enjoyed this movie more than the first santa claus movie sure the love story element of it is rushed but christmas movies generally always have a rush story uh rushed love storyline to them 
and the green screen special effects are very dated, but the practical effects all look great in my opinion. Even the makeup on Tim Allen's Toy Santa looked great. I also feel like the Charlie plot was wrapped up a little too conveniently. Clearly there was more to this rebellious behavior and the girl that he had a crush on. The scene where Charlie gets in trouble for spray, uh, spray painting the lockers gave me the impression that, that it actually wasn't him, but the girl that he had a crush on and he was covering for her. Like, that's just the vibe I got from the dialogue yeah. in the scene. And maybe there are some deleted scenes ex- expanding on this, but I'm not sure. I looked on Disney Plus and didn't see anything. All in all, I enjoyed it, and I think it's a good sequel, even better than the first. And it does have some interesting world-building elements. So I give The Santa Claus 2 an 8 out of 10. I would agree that I like this one better than the first one. And you're right, a lot of the practical elements of this were really nice. And now that you, like, mention it with the the girl that he had a crush on, like, I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you're correct that, like, rushed romances are a thing in Christmas movies, Hallmark Channel movies, that's all yeah. those are. Yeah. But now I'm like, I'm like, this is what happens when you have two kind of plot lines going, but we don't really focus on the Charlie plot line at all. No. It's kind of like an additive. Yeah. Like... This could have been part of Santa Claus 3, like, yeah. like, we could have had this and then had this go into Santa Claus 3 as well. I'm going to be interested to see if they bring back, um, because I haven't looked into it at all, I wonder if they're bringing back the actor that played Charlie for the TV show, I too. I that at all. He's got to at least be in his 40s now, and it'll be interesting to see him playing the same age that, you know, Tim Allen pretty much <laughs> is, like, right. and has, has always been. Um, um, I sorry. would give it like a 7 out of 10, though. Okay. I, I, I don't know what I gave the Santa Claus, but like, I know I probably like this one a lot more. Mm. And I've definitely seen this one. I've only seen bits and pieces of the Santa Claus 3. Okay. But I know I've seen this one once or twice. Okay. This one's good, though. This one's like a good, wholesome Christmas story. Yeah. Agreed. Versus the first one that kind of takes its time getting to the Christmas plot over... Like, it's mostly just a sad movie about a sad man. Yeah, yeah. A jerk dad who, (laughs) you know, ignores his kid. And I guess this is the fruit that that bears. I guess. Yeah, but I did get the vibe that, like, because it it just, like, it it just kind of ended. Like, Charlie has that scene where he tells, like, Scott, oh, you know, I had this feeling in my stomach where when I saw her and everything and I realized I wanted to kiss her. And then Scott has the scene with Carol where he says, oh, I have this feeling in my stomach. So it's echoing that. But nothing ever got resolved between Charlie and the girl. Like, we don't see them together. Maybe maybe they get together in the third one. It's been some time yeah, since I I've seen remember. it. I, I don't yeah. remember either. But, like, for the, I don't remember the exact dialogue of the locker scene, but I felt like Charlie wasn't responsible for tagging, as they yeah. say, the, the lockers in that scene. Like, I feel like that was the girl that did it, and Charlie was just taking the fall for her. I, I don't know. If you have the DVD out there and uh, there's some deleted plot on it, let us know. Well, this has been the Once Again Podcast. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com. Follow us on our social media accounts, Once Again Pod, all one word, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you'd like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. As always, a like, follow, or share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. And remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you. Stiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. 
Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description.